0: Welcome, welcome to another episode of Corporate Courtney. I am your host, Courtney Johnson, and this is Floor Eleven. So if you are afraid of heights, I don't suggest you looking outside your window. (laughs) Okay, I know that was really corny and I really tried to tell myself not to say it, but like it was so much fun, so I'm gonna keep it. I also want to make a very large disclaimer. There are multiple teeny tiny humans screaming their hearts out at the pool and this happens every week and I kind of wait to try to record so that they can play and I leave but i have to get this recorded because i'm going out of town this week so if you hear them i'm really really sorry i'm trying to block it out as much as possible i will edit as much as possible and in fact you may not hear the teeny tiny humans but if you do bear with me i apologize it shouldn't happen again but if it does i don't know if you've ever tried to stop teeny tiny humans in very large waters of bodies of water but it's impossible so we'll make it through though this week we're talking about when to move on and no i'm not talking about your trifling boyfriend that eats your leftovers and doesn't fill your tank up when he uses the car we're talking jobs per usual hello corporate courtney and it's a very interesting topic and a lot of people have to weigh a lot of the options and the things that they're going through on their own personal level. As with anything I talk about, your journey is your journey. So this is just my perspective and how I've taken the steps to initiate the thought process and how to move on from a job. And I think for a lot of people, there is a fine line between hard work and situations that no longer serve you. Because every time work gets a little hard or there's a season at work where things become a little bit more difficult, you can't look to up and quit. There's no reward in that. There's no growth in that. And a lot of the times the the fighting and the struggling that you're going through are there to help you become A better employee, a better worker, how to balance these difficult situations, how to get work-life balance. And if you don't stick it out through those situations and those scenarios, you'll never learn how to actually deal with them. And unfortunately, you can't just keep bopping from job to job. I know that in this generation, moving from jobs frequently isn't abnormal, but there is some sort of hesitation to hire people who don't seem to be able to stick it out for anything. You know, if you've got three jobs within five years, there's a red flag that's going to come up and the question's going to come, are you able to commit to your work? And like I said, it is a very fine line because you're going to have to use your own discernment to know whether you're actually being abused or put in situations that you cannot succeed in or whether something is actually there to help you grow. And work isn't supposed to be easy. That's why they call it work. Otherwise, they'd call it fun time with money coming through. But there are scenarios and situations where you have to understand and identify what about this environment is making me think I need to leave. And one of the big things that's gonna, tip you off to whether this is something where it's time for you to say goodbye is definitely going to be environment right so maybe the work is doable and you would be more than willing to do it if people around you were inspiring or motivating and they just aren't i remember when i was first on a very large project in one of my first jobs when i was doing software consulting There were long, miserable hours. The work was difficult. The amount of time spent doing it was long. I mean, I was working 80 hour weeks. I was working weekends. I even had Memorial Day off on a Monday, and my manager made us come into the office on a Saturday to make it up. I kid you not. And That absolutely sounds ridiculous to me now, but as a bright and shining new employee, I was willing to do it because I was working with a team who was also willing to do it and was going to make it a lot more fun than not. So on this project, there was another person on the team that started out my new hire class. So we were kind of new to this whole situation and working in Corporate America ourselves but we had a senior to us and her name is who, and she was fantastic. She could drive anyone to want to do anything. And she was right there in the trenches with us. She had already paid her dues, she had already done all of the hard work on many different projects and was essentially notorious in the office. But she wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty, roll up her sleeves and make up holidays on Saturdays in the office, just like the rest of us. So it was easy for me to say, hey, if she's willing to do this work, I'm absolutely willing to do this work. And it made a lot of the efforts and the process that we were doing worth it. There were snacks, there was jokes, there was laughter. I mean, the environment was fun. So even though I felt like I hated working all these hours and I felt like I was doing the impossible and trying to figure out problems and create scenarios and situations that I really deemed impossible, I was able to try and get through it and do the best of my ability because others around me rallied behind Luhu as well and we all tried to tackle as much as we possibly could. And it worked out for the better but had I not had Luhu, and had our only leadership been that project manager who was hell bent on making himself look good by burning us all out, I absolutely would have quit. Most people told me the whole entire time that I should have quit. There is no reason that anyone should be doing what we were doing. I mean, the stress from the amount of work was causing me to have anxiety attacks And that coworker I was talking about, um, General Patton, who started with me in my new higher class, developed bruxism. That's when you grind your teeth in your sleep. We literally were physically showing signs of stress from this job, but we were willing to continue to push through because we understood the goal. Because someone else on our team thought it important to make sure that we understood as well Outside of just what our manager was saying, because honestly, I did not do any of that work for that project manager. And I don't want to speak for General Patton or Lou Who, but I think the environment that we created as a team kept us pushing through. But that experience taught me so much. It taught me one, what I won't stand for. I'll never go back into an environment where that amount of work is expected out of someone or someone oversells for me, the amount of work that we're doing, if it's not a conversation about what's doable and what's practical and a timeline that's feasible, I i won't continue to work on it. I'll make sure to be vocal about it. But it takes going through a scenario like that to know that you even have the power to do something of that sort. Two, I also make sure that I embodied what Lou Who did for us. If I'm ever someone in. A particular scenario or situation where a lot of us are overworked and trying to finish it through, I want to make sure I lead by example. I want to make sure my team trusts that I'm going to pull my sleeves up and get down and dirty with them if something is difficult. Three, it also taught me not everything lasts forever. The project eventually had to end. We were very successful in what we tried to do. We were eventually able to temper expectations but we did it together as a team and i think without going through that and seeing it from beginning to end i would have missed out on so many opportunities to make my formative foundation for who i want to be in corporate america and how i want to succeed as an employee but here's the kicker same company different project different team different environment different work was not nearly as time consuming, was still tasking, but I had coworkers who didn't want to pull their weight. I had people in seniority spaces who took the opportunity to try to make themselves feel bigger in scenarios as opposed to getting actual work done. So the environment was toxic. The people around me weren't supportive. The people ahead of me that are supposed to be leading me and teaching me were task-driven and condescending. And I could no longer see myself being excited to do the work. The manager on this project was like an absentee father. I knew he existed, but he was nowhere to be found. And designers were gods apparently so no one could question them and all we were were slaves to whatever their idea of what the next steps were they were leading the whole team but without care or compassion and it made the work less fun and that's when i realized that i wasn't enjoying the work and i wasn't enjoying the people and i could switch projects which I had done with another project where the environment was very similar. And that's when I realized that the work just didn't serve me anymore. I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't excited about the next steps. And I felt it was time to try and see what else was out there. Now, there's another scenario to look for another place to go. And unlike the environment or the people, it could just be the work. And not so much that it's too challenging, but that it's not challenging enough. That there's no longer any growth in that scenario as well. I had a friend in this new job where she was consistently talking to her manager and her senior manager about the amount of work that was being provided to her. There was no challenge. There was no Exciting new measures to task. There was nothing for her to showcase her talents. And when you think about that, you kind of want to go, Well, dang, girl, that's an easy setup, right? You come into work, you chill, you coast, you eat, you snack, and then you go home and you take care of this paycheck, right? Well, that's all fun and games for a couple of days, maybe weeks, if you've really got that lazy girl spirit, kind of like me. But After a while, you start to get bored and you can try to fill up your time with as much meaningless dribble as you possibly can, but it makes it very difficult to continue to progress. And at the end of the day, you're still being evaluated on the work that you're doing. So if they're not providing you a ton of work when it comes to mid-year evaluations or end-of-year evaluations or even just weekly updates, it's hard to quantify or articulate exactly what you've been doing when it feels meaningless. And even if your management knows the scenario, it doesn't help you to feel strong and confident in what you're saying about your work and about your abilities. You can't argue for more money. You can't argue for the next title because you're not given the responsibility to showcase any new talents or things. Yes, you're probably knocking out of the park everything that they've provided to you. But what exactly is that? Is that 40 hours of decent material to be able to quantify and say, hey, I'm doing a good enough job to be given more opportunity? Absolutely. Is it enough for you to say, hey, I think I deserve that next promotion? Maybe. And here's the thing. The advice all of her friends, including myself, were giving her just weren't being met. She was consistently going to all of her touch bases with her manager, her senior manager, even her director, and saying, hey, I love the team. I love the work that you guys are doing, but I think that more could be put on my plate. And different projects were put in her plate, but they fell apart or didn't come to fruition. And instead of being able to divvy out more work from other people, they kind of gaslit her and told her, you know, she had plenty and that she was doing great and there was nothing to be concerned about. And everything was kind of in her head about the lack of work, which wasn't true. She was knocking things out of the park and she was expecting more to be put on her plate. And she did what everyone is supposed to do. She escalated the problem. She tried to be a self-starter, find other things to do. And nothing really came. So very similar to when I was fed up with the hard work and the talks of people, it was time to see what else is out there. And and that's kind of the balance is when you've tried your best to get your head around the scenario and the situation Try to ask for help because, again, the squeaky eel gets the oil. So you've got to be able to make sure that you're communicating to others your position and what's happening. And if there's no change, then start to look at your other prospects. But the thing is, after you're asking for help and after you've communicated your situation or your scenario, you've got to make sure that you're planning. I mean, planning for the next steps. Don't just up and quit your job because things are looking dim. You've got to start taking that time to understand, hey, I need a plan B. And that's when you start to manage that job search and try to figure out how you're going to ace interviews, how you're going to get them, what recommendations are going to look like. And for some of you, if this is hitting a little close to home, you're in a very different position than I think anyone my age can tell you about. There is a pandemic going on and job searching is really difficult. A lot of companies are putting job applications or recs up on sites because they're legally bound to do so. But a lot of those positions are going to be filled by internal candidates who are also looking to make a move. And unless you are trying to find something within your company still, it is going to be very difficult to find other opportunities outside of your company. Not saying it's impossible and it's nothing like a recession where companies technically don't have the money. Plenty of companies are doing pretty okay during this pandemic, but a lot of companies aren't. A lot of companies are having to do layoffs. So a lot of the job force that you're looking at is very similar to what happens in a recession where you're not competing for jobs, not only with internal candidates, but with a lot of more external candidates who wouldn't be looking for jobs in this scenario. But these mass layoffs that are happening by corporations at the moment are absolutely going to flood the job market and make it a lot more difficult for those of you who are already in the job search as well. So if you're fortunate enough to have a job right now, again, I want to stress, don't just jump off the deep end. Try to reframe your outlook at the moment. Try to reset, get a different perspective on everything. And that's not going to make it easier. The things that you hate about your job and the things that you hate about being at work right now are going to continue to be that way. But if you can bite them off into smaller chunks of what that looks like, you may be able to survive the outlook of whatever is going on with our country in these times right now. But even though things may look dim, continue to be open to all different opportunities Start the job search now. So when it does start to look a little better, you're already in the game. And maybe you've got a couple of different interviews under your belt. And for the most part, you know the deal. A lot of these open job recs they're, they're posting, they're required to do a two plus one, which means they will interview the candidate that they are very interested in. That's the one. And they're required to interview two other people. So if they can knock those two off the list, you're absolutely going to be one of those two. And there's nothing wrong with a little role play, a little dress rehearsal. You may not get this job, but you've gotten the jitters out of what an interview is like. Because you get rusty. Unless you're consistently interviewing throughout your career just for the sake of it. It's probably been a minute since that you've been in an environment where you're questioned on all of this stuff. And even if you used to be great at it, you're rusty. And a lot of people just aren't comfortable in those situations, in those scenarios. So get comfortable with that. Start doing interviews, even if you don't think you would love that next job. No one says you have to take a job if they give you an offer either. This is for you to start to feel comfortable with the idea of leaving your situation. So... Go ahead and make it an effort. But please don't put your hopes and your heart all on the line in this moment because it is going to be a little more difficult than if we were in an economy or in an environment where people aren't doing mass layoffs. And if no one's told you this, it is okay to leave a job. You're not quitting. You don't have to worry that so-and-so is going to have to hold your weight. If the environment that you are in no longer serves you, it is your job to yourself to leave. And honestly, you owe it to the people that you work with more often than not as well. Because more than likely, you are complaining You are sluggish. You are not a joy to be around. You have drained every ounce of energy that they have to muster to be in the workplace. That You know, everybody got their own struggles as well. So when you in there complaining and, and going on about how awful your day is and how awful your job is, they're struggling too. And at the very least, they're looking for people to be around them that they can enjoy to muster through for the rest of the day. So, Yeah. Even though those may be your friends or people that you like, you would be doing them a great service to go ahead and leave something that makes you so miserable. Because you're making other people miserable, probably yourself. But you can't work in one place your whole life. Not only because, well, there's no loyalty by these corporations, so you don't necessarily need loyalty with them. But you don't grow. You can't see all the different things that are out there and available to you if you don't put yourself out there to try and learn other things. Different managers, different people, different work, all of that is vital to making you the real, well-rounded person that you are deemed to become. So, yes, it feels like quitting and maybe you've been told your whole life don't be a quitter, but there is a difference between quitting and Moving on to greener pastures. And folks, that's all I've got for you this week. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, 11 episodes plus a teaser um, is a lot. So I really do appreciate everything that you do. Um, as far as joining in, telling your friends, giving me love on social media. Like the reception of this podcast is overwhelming to me because honestly, I thought it was going to be me, my sister and And my friend Eliza every week just listening to me ranting into the wind. So thank you. Thank you um, to all of you. And, again, if you have suggestions or comments or stories you'd like me to read, um, please shoot them over to me at the corporate court me podcast at gmail.com and on social media at the underscore corporate court. And until next time, toodles.